Amen. Amen. Well, Bonnie's back. She was in Colorado last week. <laughs> and as you know, we were right. We prayed for her at the end of our service, and she was literally getting ready to walk onto the platform. We kind of timed that out. So as we were praying for her, she let those Coloradans have it. So good job, Bonnie. Good job. And Jesse Ortega, you guys remember Jesse, our former youth pastor? He's back in town. So the heat down in Texas was a little much, and you migrated north, did you? Is that? <laughs> We're glad you're here for a while, Jess. That's good. We're glad you're here. I will tell you that um, as I went down, you know, we were in Texarkana. We're just barely in Texas. When you're in Texarkana, you're just barely there. And, and family reunion on Trisha's side, half the folks are from Arkansas and half are from Texas. And so we go out. We were on the Texas side yesterday. And we went out to a ranch for a family reunion. They said, Uncle Chris, look, we want to show you something. We have a new pet. And I said, well, that's wonderful. We're on this huge ranch, right? And, and they bring a skunk. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. A little baby skunk. And they said, we're going to raise it. They'll even use the litter box. I did not know this, okay? And they said, but that's not all. Then they bring a possum. I'm not kidding. They bring a pet possum. Anybody ever heard of a pet possum? That's the craziest thing. You know, I, th I thought we were crazy up here. They got it going on down there in Texas. I mean, you know, it, it was crazy. And so they brought this pet skunk and this pet possum. And I thought, if my German shepherd was here, we'd have possum right now. I, this would be <laughs> really, really scary. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen this, this joke, but there's these two dinosaurs. Uh, Chuck told me this, and I like this. These two dinosaurs are on an island, and the water's just filling up, filling up. And there's two of them, and they're looking around, and Noah's Ark goes by. And one of them looked at the other and goes, was that today? <laughs> Y'all get that? You know, on the ark and my bad. I'll be here all week. <laughs> you know, it, it's fun for me as a lot of times when I look, when things happen like they did this week where we get a, we've got a guest speaker coming in and a phone call comes in and you have to cancel everything, it kind of causes me pause and say, all right, God, what's going on? You know, what, what is it, if there's, a, if there's a delay, maybe it's because you want somebody to hear something and you want me to tell them something, okay? So I don't look at it as, wow, we had to reschedule everything at all. I look at it as God thought somebody in here was important enough that he said, you need to come back to Arkansas and you need to tell my people something. So we're going to do a one-off message today. You know, last week I talked about God giving us rest. Jesus wants to give us rest. Today we're going to talk about don't worry, be happy. Y'all remember that song from the early 80s? Come on now. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. That dude made a gazillion dollars on the goofiest song ever made, right? But the reality is there's a lot of spiritual truth in that song. And we're going to uncover that today. And, and there's an interesting statistic. And I want to see if you guys know it. Um, of all the things that you worry about, how many of the things that you actually worry about happen? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Scientifically, does anybody know? 10% or less than 10%. And let me ask you this question. How many of you guys stay up at night, you can't sleep because you're so excited about everything going on in your life and you just don't want to rest? Anybody? 
There's one person, two people. How many of you stay up at night and you can't sleep because you're worried about something? Anybody else? Thank you. It's more likely that you're going to stay up being worried about things than you are being excited about things. And the reality is 90%, 90%, that's an A for those of us that don't know what that is. <laughs> that would be me. 90% of the things that you worry about never happen. And some of you say, well, the reason they don't happen is because I worry about them all the time. <laughs> That's not true, okay? The reality is we spend so much of our time talking about it, and as humans, we tend to be that way. And let me, let me give you an example. If you go back in Scripture, go to Genesis, Adam and Eve, they sin. What do they do? They do what? They hide. They run and hide because they're worried about what God's going to do. And what happens when we worry is we run away from the very person that can help us. And we spend all of our mental and emotional energy, sometimes physical energy. Do you know how many of the different diseases and stuff are called by, caused by anxiety and worry? Have you ever heard the term, worry yourself sick? You can do that. I mean, a lot of the prescription drugs and the stuff out there now, anti, I mean, you can't turn on the TV without seeing some cartoon of some depressed person walking around. You know what I'm talking about? Because they're worried about stuff. And I'm not saying folks that have a legitimate challenge, but many of us have self-inflicted anxiety, self-inflicted worry. We've got so many things on our mind that, that they consume our mind and we end up not enjoying the life that God's created us for because we're worried all the time. And so today, as I was preparing this week, said, God, what do you want us to talk about? He said, you're not finished yet. You talked about how I want people to have rest, but now I want you to talk about worry. And Jesus was very specific on a number of occasions. He talked about worrying and what to do about it. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up, or you've got your notes there. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. I'm reading out of the NIV. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Who is he talking to when he's talking about eating or drinking? Come on, fellas. <laughs> he's talking to the guys, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. And then he starts talking to the ladies or about your body. What he says about the ladies is, or what you will wear. <laughs> he's talking to the ladies now. Y'all don't be mad at me. This is Jesus talking. <laughs> And then it's what he says. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And then he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now listen to this. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So then he says it again. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? He said this, for the pagans, for the unbelievers run after all these things. But listen to this, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
God knows that you need these things. God wants you to have these things. He doesn't want you to worry about these things. But listen to this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, everybody say all these things, will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Think about the enormity of what Jesus is saying here. But the first thing I want you to understand is God knows, Jesus knows, the Holy Spirit knows that we are predisposed to worry. Does anybody have any professional worriers in their family? You know, those are the people that say, make sure you wear your underwear in case you're in an accident. Okay. You know, I mean, there, there are people, I have people in my life that they're professional. They have a PhD in worrying. They worry about everything. Is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Is it hot or is it not? I mean, and our, and our society feeds worrying. You can't turn on the news channel. I mean, when's the last time you turned on CNN and said, you know what? We don't have anything to talk about today. There's peace in the Middle East. <laughs> Democrats and Republicans are getting along. You know, there's always something. And it amazes me that they'll sensationalize things that aren't really that big of a deal because they need something to get our attention. And here's what it does. It worries us. Now, I'm not saying we should be ignorant of the things going on in the world. There's a lot of things going on in our world right now that are concerning. I mean, when you look lately at, you know, we have Birmingham and we have all the the tornadoes in Birmingham and then we have the floods here and then we have you know the tornado in Joplin there's fires out in Arizona there's a lot going on I don't know about you guys but I've never seen this much going on but I seem to remember something in a Bible talking about that kind of stuff that in the end there was going to be trouble there were going to be a lot of challenges I'm not saying that Jesus is going to come tomorrow but he might and the, sh- the signs are surely pointing that he's coming back soon. And I want you to understand something. It's not going to get better. And that's not doom and gloom. That just means Jesus said in the world you're going to have tribulation. Remember we talked about this? And he said when it gets closer to the end, it's going to get worse. Is it closer to the end? Then what's going to happen? But here's the good thing. We said, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. The people that are more impacted that are the, those that are not believers, not believers, because the promises of God are the same for us. So we need to learn how to handle all this information that comes to us and all the concerns and all the anxiety that comes to us. And Jesus is giving us the key. And here's the deal. When you walk out today, you know how I like to do it. You've got your notes. How many of you guys are keeping these notes at home? Okay. These are not Pastor Chris's notes. These are God's word. And you need to go home and you need to keep a file. And when something comes up in your life, you need to go, oh, I need to go to my worry file. And I need to go see what God said about this. And then I need to do it. Because if you'll do that and apply the word, you're going to have victory in areas of your life. So let's talk about four things that help us. And I'm going to give you the solution today to how to not allow worry to overtake your life and ruin the joy in your life. Because I want to tell you something. You can't be happy and worried at the same time. Have you ever seen a happy, worried person? Have you? I'm so worried today. It's such a blast. It doesn't happen. The two don't coexist. And Jesus said that we should have joy. So let's figure out how to get there. Is anybody interested in that? 
Amen. Okay. So let's read the first part. Number one, here's number one on your notes. Worry is futile. Worry is futile. In other words, worry amounts to nothing. Jesus said again, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. While you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear is life not more than food and more important than clothes. And he talks about the bird of the air. But here's the last thing I want you to see, and I've highlighted it. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? This one statement says everything. Can worrying do anything to help you? Praying, that's right. Because here's the deal, worrying doesn't benefit you. You can't say, well, if I worry about this for 15 minutes, it'll actually improve the situation. What happens is when you worry, you begin to make worse decisions. The more worried you get, the more anxious you get. Has anybody ever made a good decision when they were anxious? Woo, I'm glad I did that. I don't think so. So the more worried we get, the worse decisions we make. So worry actually benefits us nothing at all. It only makes the situation worse. So I'm gonna give you a couple things here. You know, I like to put the point in here. So here's the point of how worry is futile. There are two things that you should never worry about. Are you ready? The first thing is things you can't change. You should never worry about things you can't change. Here's the second blank. You should never worry about things you can change. (laughs) You shouldn't worry about stuff you can't change, and you shouldn't worry about stuff you can change. In other words, there is no time that worry is good. It's futile. It's a waste of your energy. Everybody got that? Number two, and this is one of my own things right here. Worry is having faith in the wrong thing. Worry is having faith in the wrong thing. When you worry about something, you're believing in that something happening more than you're believing God's promises. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you begin to worry about these things, you're believing this thing's gonna happen instead of believing what God says about the situation. And you begin to have faith in the wrong thing. (laughs) You know, um, I think I talked about this a while back. When I was in high school, I knew I wanted to go into the military. That's one of the things I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to be an officer. So I began to look at the different branches and what I wanted to do. And when I came to the Navy, I only looked at the Navy like five seconds. You know why? Because here was my thought process. Genius, okay? I don't want to join the Navy because I'll be on a boat in the middle of the ocean, and the boat will get sunk, and I'll survive, and I'll get eaten by a shark. But here's what's crazy about that. That's literally why I didn't join the Navy. (laughs) I mean, how, what kind of process is that? I'm glad they never asked me why I didn't want to join. They'd have thought I was crazy, okay? But I really thought that. I'm like, dude, I'm not joining the Navy. You'll get eaten by sharks. And people are like, what? But that's how I thought. So I was worried about something that would never even happen. So I made a decision based on that off of bad, bad information, even though I still think that could happen. (laughs) But the point is that worry shows a lack of trust in God. When we begin to worry, we begin to take our faith away from God and focus it on the things that we're concerned about. I wanna be honest with you. I wanna be very transparent with you this morning. I struggled when we moved up here. I struggled. As a leader, I want everything fixed yesterday. Jesse knows. He's watched me for years too. I 
I'm one of those guys that if I see a problem, I want it done. Yeah, I want it fixed. I remember uh, when Trish and I had just been, you know, married a very short period of time. She used to say this to me, guys, some of you are late. She'd say, I don't want you to fix the problem. I just want you to listen. And because my thing is when I hear a problem, it doesn't matter what it is. A nuclear scientist could walk in here right now and said, we're having a problem with our rocket and I'm going to try to help him solve that problem. Well, it's got to be the flux capacitator. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, did you try the starter? I mean, you know, I, I'm going to try to figure out, even though I don't have a clue, it could be the oil pan. We don't know. <laughs> but I'm one of those people that wants to fix stuff. And, and so when we moved here, here's the reality. You know, Taylor's getting ready to graduate next year. And I started really getting stressed out because we'd taking less income when we came here. And so we were changing our lifestyle up. And all of a sudden, this revelation came that my daughter is going to go to college. And as crazy as this sounds, they want you to pay for that. (laughs) Whatever. So anyway, so I start really worrying about this. I'm like, you know what? I don't don't know how we're going to do this. And I really started worrying about it. And what I did is I took my eyes off God. In our finances, I took my eyes off God, and I started worrying about our finances. And let me tell you what, when you worry about anything, forget finances. It could be whatever it is in your life. You begin to focus on that problem, and that problem started becoming God to me. And I began to make decisions based on what I thought I needed to do instead of talking to God about it. But I've learned something, y'all. Just in the last couple of months, God did this. Taylor took this test called the ACT. She scored high enough on that test for, to get her first two years of college paid for. And not only that, she got enough money that will also pay for her gas and food and books and everything else. So in other words, she has a free ride for the first two years of college. Here's why I bring up the point. This is your pastor. I was so focused on the problem, I wasn't focused on God knew the whole time. Why are you focusing on this? I've already got this figured out. And what happened is the devil got me sidetracked, and I spent mental, emotional, and spiritual energy focused on a problem that I could not solve when God already had the solution. Do you see what I'm talking about? When we begin to worry, we focus on the wrong thing. And we empower that thing. And that thing begins to take control of us. So we we don't need to do that. And here's what's interesting. If you look at the bottom, look on number two on your notes. Worry is having faith in the wrong thing. If you look at scriptures there, verse 30 says this. For pagans run after all these things. The world worries about all these things. And listen to this. God's not unaware. It says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. In other words, God knew that Taylor needed money for school. And so God made a way. So I want you, what you need to do is at the end of that sentence, fill in the blank. My need is this, and God knows, and he'll make a way. Because he knows what you need. So who do you trust? Fire department needs a compressor. We don't know how we're going to pay for it. God knew you needed that compressor. He, you didn't even know the whole story. The day I came over there to see you, I was looking for Tim Evans. And they said he's over at the fire department. That was an accidental meeting. And God causes those things in your life. You never know. 
I'll tell you another story. I read this yesterday. There's a guy that went to a conference, a Christian conference. And while he was at the conference, it was on marriage and relationships. And, and he wasn't much in listening to God, but his marriage was having some challenges. And so the speaker said, here's what I want you to do. Right now, we're all going to stop, and I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God to speak to you about what you need to do in your marriage. And this guy was, he didn't listen to God a whole lot. He didn't even know how much he believed in that stuff. But he said, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is a true story. So here's what he does. The guy says, we're going to take a few moments to pray. So everybody in the congregation, all the guys, they just bow their heads down and they pray. And this guy says, God, I don't even know if you'll talk to me or whatever, but what do you want me to do for my wife? And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, I want you to take your wife to St. John's, which is a vacation island or something. And he's like, really? <laughs> How am I going to do that? He said, so I pray, you can imagine, I pray and I hear God tell me to take my wife to St. John's. So he gets done and they all look up and he looks around and, and they're supposed to tell their neighbor kind of what God told them. And he looks over at his neighbor and he goes, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to tell you what God said. The guy says, okay, go ahead. He said, God told me that I'm supposed to take my wife to St. John's. Now listen to this. And the guy said, really? He said, yeah. He pulls out of his pocket Two tickets to St. John's. True story. He said, six months ago, God told me to buy two tickets for a couple to go to St. John's, but they weren't for us, and I was to hold them and give them to the person that asked for them. True story. Is God limited by what you think? You are. But God's not. God can do anything and our job is to get our faith where it's supposed to be and not on our problems you guys understand that this is real you know i'm not here today and i love the message that jesus gives here he's not there today to give us a little nugget of truth so that we can have our devotion he's saying look if you'll apply this it'll change your life or you can choose to be in fear and worry every day and y'all, understand something. Open your ears. Remember Jesus said, Bonnie said it Wednesday night, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said that. If you, you need to listen to this. Because God canceled a concert this week and sent me back from Texarkana to tell somebody something. And maybe it's for you. Right? Maybe it's for you. Number three. Worry is for those that do not have any hope or faith in God. Worry belongs to the people that don't have any hope or faith. If you're not saved today, if, you, if you're not saved, then you don't have anybody to run to. Because as much as you want help from God, I mean, he wants to help you, and maybe that's part of why you're here today. You know you need help, but you don't know where to run to. I can tell you where the solution is. God can help you, but you have to come to him. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. He didn't say, come to me only a few of you. He said, everybody who's weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so if you're being eaten up by worry, you're having faith in the wrong thing. And, and if you don't have God in your life, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, you don't have anybody to run to. Today's your day because he can do something about your problem. And not only can he, he wants to. He wants to help you because you're his child. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31, 32, 
at the end, actually 32. For the pagans, for the unbelievers run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus wasn't teaching that we're to give no concern to things. He didn't say that we weren't so supposed to ever, you know, make sure we have food and clothes and all those things. But what he's saying is we're not to live as if those things were the most important part of life. God knows you need to eat. God knows you need clothes. But you don't need to be so focused on that that you miss out on what he's called you to do. Many of us chase after things to fill a void in our heart. And we're running away from the very thing that can help us. I want you to understand something. This is not in my notes, so this is usually the really good stuff. (laughs) Trisha and I were talking about this yesterday. How God bringing us here and helping us learn how to manage our finances differently has been one of the greatest blessings of our life. We've learned what's really important. Here in a few weeks, you're going to see me pull up in a 1979 Jeep CJ7 (laughs) that we bought for $100. That Scott's helping me fix. Scott's really doing, you know, he's blessing me and he's showing me what to do and pointing out things to me and saying, do that and do that. And I'm having to learn all this. But here's the reality. God can get you what you need. And I've never been more excited about something like that in my life. You know why? Because I'm learning what's important. What's important is spending time with my kids. What's important is spending time with my wife. What's important is learning to have a relationship with people because at the end of the day, you're not going to carry your things with you guys. What's going to matter is your relationships. What's going to matter is the love and the wisdom and all the things that you passed on to the people around you. It's not the stuff. The stuff's not going to matter. I've got a friend in the church, and we were talking about some things the other day. He said, Chris, it's just stuff. And God's not against you having stuff, but I promise you, I'm the poster child for stuff having you. I've had the airplanes and the Corvettes and all that. And you know what? They can't love you back. But they can cost you a lot of money. And they can cost you to be up late at night and be worried about them. And so Jesus is telling us today that we have to get our focus right. We have to get our eyes where they need to be and recognize what's really important in our life. God God wants you to have things. He doesn't want things to have you. And he doesn't want you to be stressed and worried and focused on the wrong things. And you know what else I'm learning? This is, again, this is just something I'm learning. Cool thing happened Friday. We pulled into Texarkana. Miles needed a haircut, so we went into sports clips, which really makes me nervous that they have a ball game on at the same time they're cutting your hair. Have you ever thought that? (laughs) But one of the things I noticed about this place is all the people cutting hair were girls. Because if it was me, dude, you'd have a buzz cut. Because I'd be like, no! I mean, (laughs) you know? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Beating people on the head. Can you believe they did? Oh, sorry. (laughs) But while we were sitting there, um, Miles and I were sitting there, and we were watching a game up on the screen, and the soldier walked in. He had just gotten to Texas. They were training him, and he was getting ready to ship off to Afghanistan. I think it was next month. And he was actually talking to somebody else. And I looked over at Miles. I said, you know what would be cool? What if we buy this guy's haircut? And, And the top haircut was $21. Now, ladies, a $21 haircut for you, they look at you for $21. I mean, they won't even touch your head. But for a guy, $21 haircut's like, wow, you know. 
So, but they rubbed, they would rub your neck, do a neck massage, all this other stuff. So when we got ready to leave, we went up there and paid $21 for the haircut. Didn't tell the guy. And just thanked him for his service as we walked out. That was awesome. That was cool. That was fun for us. And we got to minister to that guy. And I thought, how cool is that? That this guy is going to reach out. Somebody appreciates his service. And somebody knows that he cares about him and, and loves him and is thinking about him. And it cost us almost nothing. And I thought, how much more fun was that than if I went out and bought something that I really don't need anyway? Amen. And, and that's not, well, thank you. But I want you to understand, as we do those things, those are the kind of things I want you to do. But y'all know what I'm talking about. How much better do you feel serving others? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive, and it is. I remember as a kid growing up, I couldn't wait till Christmas morning to see what I got. And I was counting packages. And, you know, my brother better not get one more package of me because somebody's going to die. You know what I'm saying? And we'd be measuring them by weight. How many of y'all have ever filled up a kid's cereal bowl and there's two kids? He's got more than me. You know what I'm talking about? And so you're weighing the, you know, the exact same weight in both bowls. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm starting to learn that it is more fun to give than receive. I actually get more joy now. When I go hunting now, I enjoy watching the kids hunt more than I do. And that's not just getting an older thing. That's a maturing thing. And you can be mature at 16. And so learn those things now. Amen? So what is the solution? Number four, what is the solution to worry? How do we get out of worry? What do we have to do? Jesus tells us. Matthew 6, verse 33 through 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You know, God has the ability to give you wealth and blessings without sorrow. He wants to give you wealth and blessings without sorrow. And, and so many times in life we chase money or we chase things and we get them. And then when we get them, we're kind of like a dog chasing a car. Now that we catch it, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and it's not good for us. And yet... Jesus tells us right here that if we'll seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and some of you are doing what I did, and you go, I don't even know what that means. How do I seek God's kingdom and righteousness? Write this down. It's his way of doing and being right. In other words, God's kingdom, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, is God's way of doing things. If you want peace in your life, then you need to find out how God does things. Go to the word of God. Find out how God wants you to do things, what he says about the situation that you're in. The reason you do not have peace in your life is you're trying to do things your way. You're using your wisdom, and it's not working out for you. You know my famous saying, how's that working out for you? So right now, if you're struggling in different areas in your life, the question I want to ask you today, if you don't have peace, if you're worried, are you trying to fix your situations the way you feel like you need to fix them? Or are you focusing on God and going to his word and saying, God, what do I need to do about this situation? God may speak to you and say, you know what, I want you to serve more. God may turn to you and he, he may say, I want you to tithe more in this area. God may say, I want you to tithe your time in this area. God will tell you what he wants you to do. This manual is for you. So right now, if things aren't working out in your life the way you want them to, God is speaking to you saying, you're not doing things the way I laid out for you in the manual. 
It's never on him, y'all. We can never go to God and say, you messed up. God doesn't do that. But here's the good news. He loves you so much. And he's laid out, Jesus has laid out for us. He said, look, if you're worried, change your focus off your worry and focus on my righteousness, my way of doing things. What does my word say about your situation? And I keep saying this to you, but you re- until you learn it, I'm gonna keep saying it. And I'll probably keep saying it anyway. Whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now, you need to go to God's word and you need to find scriptures that relate to that challenge. And that needs to be what you focus on. God, your word says, Jesus did that when Satan messed with him. He said, it is written. He said, it is written. So if Jesus did that, why should we be any different? If you're looking, if you have challenges in your family right now, you need to look in scripture and search the scriptures out. And some of you say, I don't know how to study the Bible. I'm I'm a new Christian, or maybe I grew up in church, but but I've never read a whole lot. If that's you, I have good news for you. There's a lot of people in here who are smart. Many of them way smarter than me. And there's this new invention, it's called the internet. I think it's gonna catch on. (laughs) But there are Bible study tools on the internet that you can load up and you can type in something you're looking for and it'll load a bunch of scriptures for you and you can go through and look at those scriptures and you can print them off and you can say, and pray about them and say, I'm gonna adopt these five scriptures about this situation. And it's not what Pastor Chris says even though I try real hard to give you the right information, it's what does God say? What does Jesus say? What does the word say? And apply the word to your situation. So if you're here today and you're worried about things, if you have anxiety in your life over whatever the situation is, God wanted you to hear this message. He told me to bring you this message. Why? Because he loves you. And he doesn't want you hiding in the garden trying to figure your own problems out because it's not going to happen. It's time to go to him and say, Lord, I'm going to lay this challenge at the foot of the cross and I'm going to apply your scripture to the situation that I'm facing. And I'm going to trust your word more than I trust myself. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. And Lord, I thank you that you rearrange the situation this week because somebody needs to hear this. And I know it even blessed me, Lord, as I was looking at it, preparing it. So, Father, I pray today that, the, that your, word, your word will never return void. And, and I know, Father, that you are telling us, Lord, the prescription for anxiety and, and worry. And that is to focus on you. And focus on your way of doing things. And as we do that, all these other challenges, these problems will disappear. And it's not that we won't have challenges in life, Lord. But we'll trust you and you're bigger than all the challenges that we face. And Lord, I know you love each of us so much. And Father, one of the reasons I can talk about this message is that I'm an expert at it. I've probably worried more about things than just about anybody in this room but you have showed me that you love me and you have an answer to every challenge I face and it's no different for anybody else in this room. So Lord, today as we're all together, I want everybody to just put your hand on your heart. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. 
Just repeat this and really mean it. Say, Lord Jesus, today, you know the challenges I'm facing, the worry I carry, the anxiety that I carry. Your word says, if I'll trust you and seek your righteousness, your way of doing things, you will free me. So today, I lay my worries at the foot of the cross because you love me. Amen. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, maybe you know who he is, but you don't have a relationship with him. And you're carrying that worry, anxiety, you've been doing things in your life and it's not working out well. But today, you want to commit your heart to him. You want to receive him as your Lord. If that's you today, nobody looking around, we're not going to embarrass you. But if that's you today, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to receive Jesus as my Savior today. Amen. 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 Or if you're here today and maybe you've, you're a Christian, but you've walked away, you've been doing your own thing. And the challenges and the problems have been mounting up in your life and you know the Lord's calling you back home. But maybe you've been scared to come back to him. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He died so that you could be free. And he's waiting with open arms right now. So if you're here today and you're that person, you're the one that's walked away, but you want to rededicate your heart today, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to rededicate my life today to the Lord. Amen. That's the last thing I'm going to say. You're here today and you're carrying that worry, whatever the situation is. It could be a thousand different things, whatever it is, but you're carrying that worry and you want to lay it at the cross today. You want to leave it there. You want somebody to agree with you in prayer and you want to leave it there. If the prayer partners would come forward, you raised your hands for any of those things or right now I'm speaking to you you've carried worry you've carried pain you've carried anxiety but you want to leave it at the cross today if that's you just get out and come down to the altar say today I'm going to leave that worry at the cross say today I want people to agree with me I want to lay that at the foot of the cross amen amen I'm just going to give it a second say pastor that's me I just want somebody to agree with me. I need to lay it down. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, I just thank you for this amazing church family, Lord. I thank you for all of those that are here today, Lord. I pray that you would bless them. As we prepare to leave this place, Lord, I pray that you would go out before us, that you would help us to be your hands and feet in our community, that you would give us eyes to see all the hurting people around us. And Lord, move on our hearts and show us when to move and what to do. Lord, I pray that you would bless our families, that you would give us peace in the storms, that Lord, we would learn to cast our cares on you and leave them there. Lord, give us strength and wisdom. And bless us as we go. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you have a great afternoon, and we'll see you tonight.